Welcome to the Happiness Podcast, brought to you by me, Mark Price, and my platform, Engaging Words, designed to help you be happier at work. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that we work. How being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can also transform an organisation. So my mission is to get the world a little bit happier at work. In doing so, I've created a happiness survey which measures and then compares to others how happy you are at work. It's free to take and you can find out about it at engaging.works. In the Happiness Podcast, I'll be speaking with people from all walks of life about how they work and their happiness at work. From people who have had career changes to entrepreneurs who have forged their own career paths. It's all about happiness and how we recognise this happiness at work and all get a little bit happier. Hi, I'm Liz Earle and I'm the founder of Liz Earle Wellbeing. I got into health and beauty really, I suppose, through plants because my father was a great plantsman, you know, when he was away at sea a lot and when he came home he used to love his garden and I used to go and join him. But he loves things that do things. He's an engineer, so he likes plants that work and, and either taste good or are medicinal or whatever. So I just grew up with that as a background, and my first job was as a junior on a women's magazine, Woman's Journal, which is now defunct, IPC. And it was a time when beauty and health were just being linked together for the first time. And they didn't really have that many people doing the sort of newfangled stuff like complementary medicine and nutrition and all this lifestyle stuff that was coming out. So being the sort of junior rookie, they said, oh, go off, you, know, you, you go off and talk to the nutritionist. And I just loved it. It was a light bulb moment. So, and I discovered a love for writing and research. Mm. So I went from writing for magazines to writing books and then from books into TV. So I started my TV career with Richard and Judy on This Morning. I loved it. I stayed there for four years and then I went on to the BBC, ended up on ITV with GMTV, had a series in the afternoon called Lizelle's Lifestyle, which I loved. And, and is TV a sort of a happy world to work in? I love TV. I love, I particularly like live TV um, because you can't be edited. So I, I, I like the, the friendly nature, particularly of, of live TV or live radio because it's very immediate. And what about building your... So the beauty brand really developed out of that. So I was doing lots of TV, writing lots of books, developing a bit of a name for myself in this area and a passion particularly for plants and for skin and research. And it was my great girlfriend at the time who said, come on, Liz, you know, you can put all this knowledge into a skincare line. And to be really honest, my first reaction was, well, I can't possibly do that. You know, that's far too commercial. I'm a, I'm a writer, researcher, I'm a broadcaster. And she said, no, no, come on, you know, we can do it together. And, you know, it's not going to take up very much time. You know, famous last words. And we built something from literally the kitchen table into one of the biggest independent beauty brands in the UK before it was then sold back in 2010. So sometimes people say to me, you know, are you, are you sad not to be doing it any longer? And for me, the answer is, is no. I'm extremely proud of it, and I love watching its continued success. It's, you know, it is part of my DNA. It's got my name on it, and I was so fundamental in the early days. But I've gone back to my roots now. If you think I came from publishing and writing and broadcasting, I've gone back to that. Yeah. So for me, it was an amazing 15-year journey in the middle of something. And 
for me, I, I feel hugely fulfilled working in the world of well-being because it's all about helping people to look good and feel good. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? And if, of the, all the things you've done, which have you enjoyed the most? Of building a beauty brand, writing, TV work? Which, which... I, I think I, I consider myself a communicator. I love communicating. So whatever platform it is, I love writing, I love communicating, in the, even creating products is communicating because you're yeah. communicating with your customer and creating a great brand. And I love the fact that we can podcast, you know, we're communicating, we're doing that, that's new, isn't it? Yeah, the whole aspect of, of communicating is, is hugely exciting for me. And the thing that's remarkable, if I may say so about you, is that you read your CV and you read all the things that you do. You're an ambassador. This is really terrifying that you have read my CV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ambassador for the Soul Association, ambassador for Fair Trade. You yeah. Know, uh, as you say, extremely successful writer. In addition to that, you know, clearly a very close to and fond of your family, five children, got mm. a farm mm -hmm. uh, down in the West Country. Mm -hmm. um, people would say, do you have a 48-hour day? I mean, how do you find time to do all that? Well, I think the number one fundamental is sleep. You know, without sleep, the, you, the wheels are going to fall off your wagon. So I think if you look at it from a, a kind of physical well-being perspective, I really safeguard and protect my sleep. You know, I have to have a minimum of seven hours. And just be very balanced with everything. You know, I, I do drink red wine, I do eat dark chocolate, I, but I do, you know, go for walks and balance bad. it. So I think it, it, it is about... Um, yeah, just about balance. And thinking about all of the things that you've done, Liz, have you ever had a, a mentor, somebody who you've been able to turn to to give you impartial advice? No, and I, I would have quite liked a mentor, actually. I've had various people along my journey who I've definitely admired and, and, and looked up to and have gone to for specific advice. And I think that's one of the things I've learned along my business journey, actually, is that you can't do it all on your own, no matter you know, how strong-willed and determined you are. You do need to have experts and specialists around you. So I'm very fortunate now in that I have a sort of inner circle of people who are top of their tree in, in their different um, various professions. You know, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. And the business partners I've had over the years have been brilliant. And I think... Also, I think what I've also learned in business is that it really helps to work with people who have different skills from you. I think one of the reasons that Kim and I worked so well building the beauty brand is that we do very different things. So we complement each other. And often if I'm mentoring young entrepreneurs, and I, you know, I'll be faced with two of them across the table, like, like you, I'm connected with the Prince's Trust, so talk to a lot of, sort of young budding entrepreneurs. And it's really, it's alarm bells when they say, well, we both love, you know, designing the fashion collection and, and we're both very creative. And you think, oh, well, hold on a minute. You know, actually, one of you needs to be the creative and one of you yeah. needs to be the logistics and the, and the back of house stuff. And if, if you look back now and you could have had a mentor, who, who might you have picked? Who would have been your dream pick? My dream mentor... I remember being very inspired by going to see Anita Roddick in the early days when I was a young journalist and she was really pioneering the trade not aid slogan which I think is so powerful and that's why I support organisations like Fair Trade for example because it really supports the developers and the farmers and the growers. It would have been amazing to have had some time working alongside her because she was like a whirling dervish. I don't know if you ever met her, but she was just this extraordinary, you know, ball of energy, and you couldn't but help, I think, have some of that 
flung off onto you. Mm. And she was a real pioneer, you know, she was a campaigner and she put herself out there. And I think I try and do that in a little way. I, I have various campaigns, but I'm possibly not as bold or as brave as she was. And do you mentor anybody, formally or informally? I have mentored people in the past, both formally and informally. The problem I have now is time. Um, I'd love to go back to it in the future. But I invest in, in small companies and, and that takes its own role of mentoring because actually when you've put your money into something, you really want to make sure that, that you're going to get a good return. Now, we're going to do the, um, the happiness survey. Mm. Uh, I have to say, I think I'm probably annoyingly happy. Uh, I, I suspect that you are and you have every reason to be. Um, I, 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 tend, I do tend to be a glass half full person I think you know I always think there are always two ways of looking at things and you know life is tough and it's not all roses and doesn't all smell great but problems are opportunities aren't they and when somebody says no you can't do that that's like whoa okay so let's do it then come on so the first question is do you feel appropriately rewarded for your work oh that is tricky um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I ought to put a 10, really. Um, yes, I, I think, uh, do I feel appropriately rewarded? Well, you know, sometimes people will, will chuck bricks on social media or whatever, which, I, you know, is, I, I feel is sometimes slightly unfair or misinterpreted, so I'm going to go a 9. And in a pay context? Um, well, I, I don't pay myself, so that's hard to say because all my money, like most entrepreneurs and brand founders, goes into my businesses. And has there ever been a point in time when you thought, <clears throat> I really don't think, think this is a fair reward for what I'm doing? I have never had that, um, because I've always worked in quite female-dominated industries. The beauty industry is, is very female-focused. And I've always been self-employed. So you sort of set your own. You say, well, yeah, of course I can do that, and I'm going to charge you X. Okay, so you're a nine. So I go to next. You go to next. Do you feel recognised when you do something well? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, I got an MBE just, from the Queen, which was yeah, just I know, such a thrill. Oh, my goodness. So next. Oh, so next. Got, I've got to click next. Well. Click this next is a great again. survey. Did you create it? Yeah. Uh, do you have enough information to do your job well? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I work in information. That's my area. And I often have too much information. And, and a lot of what I do is having to sift through that information mm. to try and discern actually what we're going to write about or research. Or I'm very fortunate that I have access to a lot of the people who really know the brains, the academics, the researchers, yeah. the people. And as I mentioned before, my, my um, network of advisors. So, yeah, I do absolutely. And has there been any point in your career you look back and you think, gosh, I wish I knew more. I wish they'd have told me more. I'd have made better decisions. Um, I'm somebody who likes to forensically investigate things. So I will often take time to make a decision. You know, I, I, my team know this, that they can't hassle me. And I will say to them, listen, guys, if it has to be now, it has to be no, because I don't have the information to make that decision. Um, I think I have always had enough information to, to make good decisions because I do often just take a step back. And I think that's a really important lesson. I'd, I'd say that to my team as well. I try to empower them. Say, don't feel rushed into this. Just because somebody else has a deadline 
that's not necessarily fitting in with the way you want to do something or the information you need. But, you know, please be a thousand percent sure that it's right before you make that decision. And in managing your team, is that one of your guiding principles? Get all the information, take your time to make the right decision? Completely. I mean, I've built my business on a principle of trust. And we even said on the front cover of my magazine, you know, wellness, wisdom, you can trust. And that is a really big thing. It's big to say it, but when you see it in print, that's like, wow, we've got to live yeah. by that. Okay, uh, so the next question oh, is, I... do you feel that information is openly shared with you at work? Yeah, I do. I mean, we've on, on two ways, actually. I mean, we have team meetings all the time here. I mean, we're sitting in my studios and you can see it's very open plan. We have a big communal desk that everybody can sit around should they want to. And then they've got their own workspace as well. So, yes, we are very open um, working on a magazine. It's very collaborative. So everybody's building. It's a bit like building a jigsaw puzzle. It all has to fit together and it's got to be cohesive. So when you read it, it's like reading a book. And I totally have an open door policy. I mean, you can see we don't actually have any doors. so There are no doors to shut, even if I wanted to go and shut one. And I would hope that people do come and share information with me. Okay. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, very open. Ten. Oh, let me pop that there. Next, next question. This is exciting. What's so, coming up? So, do you feel empowered to make decisions? <laughs> well, yes, I would hope so. I think when, when you're running anything, the buck stops with you. So, yes, I, I do feel empowered, but I would always refer to people within my team so that it... it it's a kind of it's a bottom up decision. It's not just me imposing my will, but ultimately, yes. When you're when you're a brand founder or a business leader, then you have to you have to be empowered and you have to be brave enough to do it. And even if sometimes those decisions aren't easy, you you know you have to do that. And do you think it's important for your team to feel empowered? Yes, absolutely. And I and I would hope that they that they do. And I think, you know, you lead by example, don't you? And you, you can see that in the way that businesses work as well, particularly if it's a founder-led brand. You, you just see that, that it just seeps through the culture of, of a business and it can't, it can't not. So yes, I feel empowered and I hope my team feel empowered. And how would you help them feel empowered? What would you do? I mean, I give them permission to make decisions. So if they're writing an article, it's their decision, who they choose to include, who they choose to go and talk to. I'm not going to give them a script and say, you have to stick to this. And sometimes we'll disagree about things. They'll come up with a piece of research and I'll say, really, are you sure about that? I mean, you know, that wasn't the case when I last looked at it. And they say, yeah, actually. You know, so I, I think they feel confident to, to robustly defend what they believe to be right. And I think as long as somebody genuinely believes it is right and, and it is the truth in as much as we know it, mm. then I will totally respect that, yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're a 10 on that. You got your scoring highly. Um, do you feel trusted? To make well, decisions? trust is a key word yeah, for me. Yeah. Tr I mean, I, I put trust on the front of my magazine, trusted. And it's, a, it's such a precious thing, trust. Trust is like that golden globe that you hold and, and treasure. And so, yes, I would hope that everybody around me would trust me to make wise decisions. Um, you know, to look after them, to look after their well-being at work, to look after them financially, to make sure that the space that we're all working in is is good and that the decisions I make about the brand going forward are, are the right ones. And has there been any point in your business career when you haven't felt trusted? No, actually. When I started my the beauty company, for example, with my business partner, we trusted each other to do 
the right thing by each other. We didn't have a shareholders agreement. We didn't have any documentation at all. So we just said, well, I will do that. And we kind of looked each other in the eye and we knew that we could trust each other. So that was actually quite an interesting point. When we came to sell the brand, all the lawyers were doing all the due diligence and all the data room and all that kind of stuff. And they were saying, well, where are all your documents? And we said, we don't have any. <laughs> they said, no, 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 your documents, you know, like your shareholders agreement. We, said, we don't have any. And actually that was a really bad time, if, you know, if I have to identify a bad time in business, because then we had to sit down with the lawyers and create documents which aren't built on trust. Because the whole point of those agreements are, if and when you fall out, what does it say in the contract? Mm. You know, so how do you resolve it? What's your conflict resolution? Who is going to have the final say? You know, how do you arbitrate this? It's like the old-fashioned brands, the Quaker brands. If you look at, you know, why a lot of those Quaker brands, you know, Cadbury's and Kellogg's and, you know, Bourneville and all of those did so well because people knew they could trust them. Yeah. They knew that if they shook hands with a Quaker on a deal... That was it. They could walk away and forget about it because they weren't going to rip them off or, or try and wheedle out or something. Okay, so you score highly on that one as well. Ten for feeling trusted to make decisions. Do you have the resources you need to do your job well? Well, I would like 48 hours in a day. So that would be great, wouldn't it? That I, do I have the resources? Yes. I think I have access to a lot of information, which is the key thing, I guess, for us is, is information and the ability to contact people that we need. So, for example, when I was writing about HRT, I wanted to contact the, the best in the business. So I'm in touch with academics and research professors and oncologists literally all over the world. So I feel very fortunate that I do have resources there. Um, of course, there's never enough time or money, is there? Those are the two resources that, that really help every growing business. And so... But outside of that, then yes, I think I'm very fortunate. And you said you have a great team. How have you managed to get a great team? My team has all been recruited. And it often come through word of mouth, through friends of friends. My commercial director is somebody who I used to work with at the beauty company who I knew. And so when she left, immediately, my first call was say, hey, what are you doing? Uh, and how I recruit people is on ability, obviously, but it has to be about personality and are they the right person? And I remember going to talk to Lufthansa years ago when my eldest son was thinking about being a commercial airline pilot. And he was looking at flight schools and I was obviously doing my research as any mother would, saying, so, you know, what simulators do you need to learn on? What planes do you need to learn to fly? What practical things? And I, I talked to this guy who was head of recruitment at Lufthansa. I said, so, OK, so what planes, you know, does he need to be trained on a 747, 777, you know, how's the industry going? He looked at me and said, we don't need him to fly a plane. I said, no, no, he's, he's going for the job as a commercial pilot, okay? He said, yes, we can teach him to fly the plane, but we can't teach him how to think. We look for people who think in the way that we think as a company and what we want out of our organisation. And that really struck me, and that is probably the forefront of when I'm recruiting my team, is how does this person think? What are their ethics? What's driving them? What's their purpose? Why do they want to be here? Mm. And that is, it's almost an instinctive thing. And then, of course, you need to check the boxes of can they actually do the job? Should I, give, should I give myself a nine because I'd like a few more hours You'd in the day? You'd always like more hours and more yeah. money and more people. Yeah, yeah, of course you would. 
do you feel that your views are heard at work? <laughs> well, yes, they're, they're physically heard because I podcast, so I'm like blaring out <laughs> my message is being heard across. It's not quite a tannoy situation, but yes. Have you ever had the one, one of those um, occasions, Liz, where you feel something really strongly and you just keep saying, no, I think this, I think this, and people don't listen. And in the end, what's done is not what you want it to be done. I haven't had that while working for myself. I think I'm, that's probably why I'm an entrepreneur and a brand founder, because I like, I like that having that responsibility of, of the buck stopping with me. And actually, it's very focusing when your name is on the tin of something, because you can't hide behind anything else. Mm. You, you, know, you might have a thousand employees who are actually running the show and, and you know, creating products or deciding pricing or ingredients or whatever. But actually, everybody will still assume that it's me personally because my name is on it. So that is very focusing. So I've always made sure that my views are heard and hopefully will continue to be heard and have been heard because it's it's my name on something. What so, about your team? Do you feel do, do they feel their views are heard? Disagree? I, I would hope so. They're they're all um, you know very articulate. Obviously, being journalists and writers and researchers. And I would hope, yes, we have had, you know, fairly robust arguments. Okay, so uh, when are you going to score yourself a views? I think I have to give myself a 10, because right. I, I don't think... Do you feel the organisation <laughs> cares for your well-being? Well, what can I say? You know, um, yes, in a nutshell. I mean, you are sitting in well-being studios. Yeah. So everything I do is about well-being, and... Yes, I think everything from flexible working. So, so if I look at my team here, for example, they don't have to all be in early and work late and sit at their desk all the time. They, they often work from home. Um, so we, we have a well-being Wednesday where we all have a kind of like, it's a bring and share lunch. We have team Pilates in the studios where we just push back all the tables. We've got a great Pilates teacher that comes in and just gives us a break so we don't all get kind of tech neck from looking at our screens. We're very lucky we're right beside a park, so we go for walks and picnics in the park. We have a dog that comes into the studios and messes about. So, yeah, I would hope that all that builds a picture of well-being. Okay, great. So what are you going to score yourself? It's got to be a 10. Can I have an 11 for that? (laughs) 10 plus. Uh, Do you rarely feel depressed or anxious at work? Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt depressed. Anxious? Anxious in the sense that, for example, I'm sitting here, I'm just looking at this is the cover of the new magazine. So I'm not anxious about it, but I'm, I'm interested as to how it's going to go down. You know, you never quite know how, you know, what the feedback will be or if we've missed something, you know, if there's a spelling mistake on the cover or something. You know, so, I'm, you know, I'm always, you know, super focused on have we got it right. Mm. Is that anxiety? No. Um, do I feel anxious about my work? No, I want it to do well and I want it to succeed. I'm always prepared to take the long view. My motto in business has always been crawl, walk, run, and then hopefully a bit of a sprint at the end. And so I think you have to sometimes take a step back. And what's really helped me actually when thinking about issues that come in that could potentially lead to anxiety is, is it going to matter in two years? Because if it's not going to matter in two years' time, why is it mattering to you now? Mm. You know, the big things do matter and really are important, and that's where you need to spend your time and your focus and your direction. But 
the day-to-day is, you know, what's just happened, you know, two minutes ago that you might think, oh, hold your hands and think, you know, you know, why did that person say that or whatever? Is that going to... You're not going to remember it. You're not going to remember it next month, let alone in, in two years. And what would be your advice to those people that struggle to sleep at night because they're worried about going to work the next day? Or what would your advice be to that <sighs> cohort? It's really hard, isn't it? You can be very glib and say, well, change your job. But obviously it's not, it's not easy. It's difficult working for, for big corporations. They are huge machines. And some corporations get it absolutely right and absolutely spot on and really care about the team that they're working with. And others, you know, perhaps lose sight of that. So I guess if it were me, I would be looking around at similar industries and organisations and looking at how they're scoring on the happiness stakes for their workforce and, and what criteria they have in place to, to help. Or is there something that you could be doing similar that's perhaps in a smaller, more caring organisation? If you need a bit more support, then maybe you need to look at scaling down and and working with a smaller group of people who are like-minded. And it comes back to people, doesn't it? Because you can't change the way people think. Mm. You can can try and, and change policies and guidelines and working practice. But the fundamental core of the ethics and integrity and the thought process behind an organisation is something that you can't turn around. So I think perhaps it's recognising that, that you don't fit or they don't fit for you, perhaps. It's not your fault. It's it's actually something that they're not doing correctly. And I think being brave enough to say, I need to take a step away from this Mm. and and find a better fit for me. Okay, so you're going to score at the top end. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's great to see these scores. Do you feel that you oh, do something worthwhile? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, am I a really annoying person to listen to on this podcast? I do. And I think that's actually fundamentally what it's all about. I think you have to have a purpose-driven life. Mm. And otherwise, why get up in the morning, you know, if it's not worth doing? And I suppose having sold a business and built it up and, and done well, you know, I was in my late 40s when that happened. I could have gone off and sailed off into the sunset and sat under a tree and actually, no, I, I want to carry on. I do feel that what I do is valuable and, and important and worth sharing. Yeah. And that's what gets me out of bed every morning. And that's what makes me, that's what makes me tick. So, yes, I, I absolutely, even if it's, you know, sharing information on help through menopause or help with tricky teens. So, Lizelle, I think this is going to be another 10. Next question. Do you feel proud to work for your yeah. organisation? Of course you do. I do. I, I really do, genuinely. I, I've always tried to work in areas of high quality, never cut corners. Um, I've always been very financially aware, but not financially driven. So for me, it's about having happy customers, because customers are what build your brand. You know, you have happy customers, you, you get huge loyalty and respect, and they go out and they buy more. They tell others who go out and buy more and tell others, and that's how you grow. So, and you can only do that if you're producing a product that you're proud of. So which you think comes first, happy employees or happy customers? Well, I suppose it's chicken and egg, isn't it? I think you have to have happy employees to create great products, which then create happy customers. Mm. And I think hopefully, you know, I, I see it, you know, my, my team, they get, we get emails all the time that come in to say, I've just discovered, I've just picked up your magazine, I love it. 
And you can see, you know, everyone sort of sits up straighter and is just so happy. And then you get another customer who said, oh, I've just tried to take out a subscription and the website link didn't work and I got so frustrated. And, that, you know, and that is, that's a real downer. So, yes, it, it's nice to get that good feedback and, and they then feel proud too. So I, this is 10 plus if there were a 10 plus. We're going to have to create a, 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 a category, category, aren't we? Yeah. How likely are you <laughs> to recommend your friends and family to work for your organisation? Well, highly, because as I said before, it's, it is about recruiting like-minded people. And not, di well, sometimes directly, my, my eldest daughter, Lily, was my head of digital. So, you know, I mean, she's, you know, she is family. Um, and How is that having a member of your family in your business? Really well, actually. I, I thought it was, I mean, she was recruited on merit. She was very good at compartmentalising. You know, I would become Liz at work and, and mummy at home. So that is that has to be a ten. You would recommend. I would recommend, and I hope others would recommend it too. Do you feel that you are treated with respect? Personally, yes, I, I very much so. I think in the early days, I remember going in to meetings before Kim and I set up the beauty company, and we were trying to find manufacturers for our products. And this was back in the day before anybody was making niche brands. I mean, these days, I'm sure it's a lot easier to get through doors. But we were really pushing on, on closed doors. And when we did get a meeting with somebody, bearing in mind this is more than 25 years ago, yeah. they would sort of go, oh, my goodness, you know, two little girls run away and, you know, go and play shops because this is, this is stuff for the big boys. And How did that make you feel? We were furious, yes, <laughs> absolutely. We were really, I mean, yes, there is that very much sort of, well, I'll show you. Mm. That, that comes out of something when, because you can look at it two ways, can't you? You can either kind of give up and go, oh, they're probably right. Or you can say, absolutely not. This and you is... draw more energy from that than the positives. So do you find if somebody is a bit more doubting, you think, I'll show you. Does that give you more energy to drive forward when somebody says... I suppose it triggers that friend? emotion, doesn't it? Because if everyone's saying, oh, yes, this is lovely, this is lovely all the time... Where do you then get that, that force that makes you push? You have to have something, don't you, that propels you forward. But I think it's always been part of my nature that if, if somebody says, oh, no, you can't do that, my default position is, well, actually, I can. And mm. do you know what's more? I'm going to show you I can. Mm. So who knows where that's, where that's come from? OK, so 10 for treated with respect. Um, do you enjoy your job? I love my job. <laughs> I really, really love my job. I, I, I don't actually consider it a job. I consider it a privilege um, to be doing what I love every day. I mean, sitting here talking to you, how great is that? Yes, of course, there are bits of my job that I don't love. You know, you know like the VAT, I don't <laughs> love. But, you know, that, but you know, that aside, yes, I absolutely love my job. And it is who I am. I think if you slice me in half you you'd see kind of well-being and, and living well written through me like a stick of rock so I can't separate my job often from from anything else because I am who I am I do what I do I'm going to ask you an incredibly difficult question mm. if you had to pick one of the jobs you've done to be your favorite building a beauty brand appearing on tv uh, writing books producing uh, magazines what would it be which one of those do you think has given you the greatest enjoyment? And then why? I love my television work. I really genuinely do. And I think 
it's a toss-up actually, probably between that and editing my magazine, which I also am completely passionate about. And I think actually, if you look at both those things, there is a real similarity there because it's enabling my personality to come out. So I'm very much me. This is who you get. You know, you get that in the page of the magazine. You get that if you tune into a TV programme. And the opportunity to share information that is empowering and hopefully inspiring and helpful, that I get the greatest kick out of that. I really genuinely do. And it strikes me that you're very good with people. It strikes me that you've got pretty high EQ. Um, Has that always been the case? I love people. I mean, I, I love connecting um, people can also drive you mad too, can't they, and be infuriating. But I feed on ideas and energy and input from other people, especially creatives. You know, working with amazing photographers and stylists and people is incredibly interesting and engaging, and they do amazing creative things which I can't do, and I love to be part of that. But then I also like taking my own space. I actually love it when the studios are quiet and everyone's gone home. And I'm just sitting there processing all the stuff from the day. I love both of those yeah. things, being in the, the whirl and the thick of it all, but then also very definitely having some solace and quiet time. OK, so you are going to enjoy your job. So 10 again. We're nearly at the end of the questions now. Do you really have a good relationship with your line manager? I don't have a line manager. <laughs> Perhaps it ought to be Lily, your daughter. Yeah, I guess she's, she is probably my line manager, actually, yes. Uh, um, yeah, we have a fantastic relationship. So have you ever had a time when there's somebody who's managed you and you've had to think about that relationship? I mean, yes, with TV, obviously you have commissioning editors and senior producers and all the senior executives who say, actually, Liz, you've got to do it in this amount of time and we want you to do it this way. But yes, I think I have always had a... And have you had experienced both good and bad in the way you've been managed in those circumstances? Have I ever been badly managed? Um, I don't think... I think I've ever been badly managed, actually. I think I've always been fortunate to be in a, in a position where somebody has brought me in to do something because they respect what I do and want me to carry on doing it. And therefore, they're probably fairly careful about how they've approached their management of me. Um, not that I consider myself to be tricky, but I suppose there's always that risk, isn't there? You know, people have always wanted me to do things, and I think people will manage you well when they want you to do something. Yeah. And are you good at sort of bending people to your will? So if you did have somebody who was asking you to do something, you thought, that's not quite right, rather than <laughs> argue and fight, you just find a way of working it to your advantage. Has that always been a skill you I think had? I'm quite a good listener. I think it's really important to listen and hear what the other person's objective is. And if you are going to disagree about something, why? trying to understand that so mm. even if you agree to disagree then at least you've got a, an understanding and I'm not at all adversarial I don't like conflict that's I would say that's a real weakness I know some people in business thrive on conflict I would rather seek out a solution that everybody's happy with but at the same time I'm still quite steely you know I, I, I won't give up if it's if I genuinely believe it to be the right thing yeah okay so I think we're going to have to score you at the top end there okay now, do you feel you're being developed? Totally developed. I think that, that's partly why I love doing what I do, is that every day is different, and it's a challenge, and it's an opportunity to learn new things. Um, for example, I was, was doing a podcast the other day with 
the CEO of a bee charity talking about pollination. I know nothing about bumblebees. I learned so much. It was amazing. You should take a listen. It's really the things that these do and their vibrational speed of their fairy bodies and what they do with tomatoes is extraordinary. So yes, I'm stretching and developing and, and always stretching out, pushing into new areas, discovering new things. How do you think about developing your team? I love, I love to be able to develop them and to give them new things. And I think that's partly why it's important to choose like-minded people who want to be developed, who are hungry, who are sponges, because there's always something new to do. You know, we only started podcasting here well, less than two years ago, and that was my young millennial team who were saying, come on, Liz, you need to have your own podcast. And I was like, well, what's a podcast? You know, can't people just turn the radio on? So I, they were developing me mm. in, in pushing me into doing it, and now we have young people coming in, and we have interns and, you know, young business people coming in to work here for short periods of time, and we can say, right, we're going to teach you how to do this, we're going to show you. It's wonderful to watch them fly and to be able, and then to see what they're particularly good at, mm. and then to find roles for them that have their best skills. Ten for being developed. So the very last question is, do you feel happy at work? I am so happy. I am beyond happy. I, I think it's not to say that there aren't challenges. You know, there really genuinely are. And it's easy to be glib and say, oh, I love my job. Uh, and I do. And I do genuinely love it. And But, you know, there is, you know, shitty stuff does happen and you, you have to deal with that too um, and, and feel enabled to do it and, and, and deal with the rubbish. So... 10 for happy work. Now we ask you some questions so that we can compare you to other people. But we start off by saying, what three changes would you like to make to improve your uh, workplace happiness? So if you could have three things now that um, would make you even happier, what would they be? Even make? happier? Well, I'd like a, a bottomless fund. Okay, you have to type this in. So, well, so, so, so what money. should I put? So should I money, yeah, what in terms money. of funding, yeah. Because you can always do more. With, you know, with the more money you have, the more you can do with it and the more... Um, happiness you can create uh what else what other changes um time okay yeah. can i have more, more can i have more, have more 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 time can i have more, more hours in my day please yeah. thank you and the third thing to make you happier at work um i would love a full-time chef to be here creating the most incredible snacks and meals to keep us going and wow. fermenting foods and brewing kefir and making mocktails and for the team, not for me, but like cool. team, team chef, that would be good. Okay, so your gender? Uh, I am female. Your age range? Age, I just, am I 54 or 55? I think You're I'm... You're 54, I think. Yeah, I think I am, aren't I? You're definitely in management rather than non-management. I am management, yep. Uh, now, which job here reflects you most? <laughs> Uh, I think I guess I'm a CEO, aren't I? Which, which industry do you work in? Industry. Okay, so you should got fine. Probably media, would you say? Uh, which country do you live in? I live in Yeah, we, we can even tell you by country how happy you are compared to others. Oh, how interesting. So people do this all over the world, do they? So we've got people all over the world doing this, and I can tell you the happiest countries, I can tell you the happiest industries within countries, and here we go. Now... Oh, now it's thinking. It's coming yeah, up with little thinking it take circles. take ten seconds. So, Lizelle, you had a rating of 988 out of 1,000. So what I happened to the other 12? Yeah, which I think <laughs> is the highest... Now, what we can see here is that globally, yes. for people that looked like you, it was 654. So the world mm. is 654. 
and your industry is 666, so um, publishing media is 666, which is slightly above the global average. Yeah, only You're slightly. incredibly high. So uh, you can see on all of the sections, reward and recognition, you're high. Information, you're high. Empowerment, you're 100. Well-being, you're 100. Instilling pride, you're 100. Job satisfaction, you're 100. So what we can show you on Gosh, a really mental clever, health and well-being index, yeah. where you are and mm. where the world is, mm. and it will also show you where the industry is. So what we say is if people score lower than seven, they really yeah. ought to go off and do they our can tests, take a well-being which is about assessment. a well-being test. But I'm delighted to say that on every category... You score incredibly highly. Well, I'm thoroughly relieved to hear it. Thank you very much. It's fascinating. And um, two last questions, if I may. Mm. What's your favourite song? What song makes you feel happy? What song makes me feel happy? Dancing Queen by ABBA. (laughs) Cheesy. And then last of all, if you could nominate one person to do the happiness survey, who would you nominate? Interesting. I'd love my daughter Lily to do it, actually, because I'm hoping she's happy and fulfilled, you know, as my daughter, but also as a key member of my team. I think it's great. I think every, I was going to ask my entire team to do it now. I hope they're as happy as I think they are. <laughs> Night is young and the music's Thank you for listening. And again, if you want to take control of your workplace happiness, go to engaging.works and take the free happiness survey. See you next time.